0: Hey everybody, welcome back to the US Emily Guys channel. My name is Dr. Paul and in today's video, I'm going to give you 50 tips that will help you get ready for and pass your USMLE Step 1 exam. There's a ton to cover, so let's dive in. Tips 1 through 15 are going to be some general tips that you can use throughout your basic sciences years to make sure that you set yourself up for success on the Step 1 exam. Then tips 16 through 50 will be hyper-focused on the Step 1. Tip number 1, start thinking about your Step 1 as early as possible. The earlier you're aware of it and its impact on your future, the better. Tip number two. Don't stress about step one too early. Your only focus during the first four semesters of your basic sciences should be on doing as well as you can in your classes. Remember, step one is based on the basic sciences classes. So the better you do in your classes, the easier your step one becomes. Don't worry about doing step one specific studying at this point, because literally everything that you are doing in your classes is geared towards helping you prep for the step one, which remember is anything from your basic sciences curriculum. Tip number three, build study notes as you go through your classes. You should commit yourself to consistently taking the information you're learning and condensing it further and further and further as you gain mastery. The more info that you can condense into smaller sets of notes, the easier it becomes to review down the road. If you do this early and consistently, you'll have the most amazing set of step one study notes that'll be dense, robust, and best of all, built around your knowledge base. Tip number four, identify and fix your weaknesses early. When you come across anything that doesn't come easy to you, be sure to spend a little extra time early on to address it. The more weaknesses that you accumulate over the basic sciences years, the harder it becomes to fix as you get closer to the step one. So if it doesn't come easy, spend time on it now. Tip number five, building on tip number four, Be sure to create solid notes on all of your weaknesses. If you do this from the start, you'll always have a way to review those weaknesses and eventually turn them from weak into strong. Tip number six, find a study partner who is smarter than you and who is equally or more hardworking than you. One of the most valuable tips that I can give you, especially if you're not academically gifted, like I wasn't, is to work with someone who will push you to be better and stronger. Tip number seven is to commit to a weekend review schedule of all the information you've learned in the past. What I mean by this is that as you get further and further along in the basic sciences journey, commit to a small window of time each weekend that you'll use to review older material. Even if this is just 15 to 20 minutes on Saturday morning of dedicated review to the stuff you've seen from this past semester, last semester, all the way back to your very first semester, it will help you keep the material fresh so that you're not stuck in a position of having to relearn it all from scratch when it's time to get serious about step one. Even if you don't keep everything at 100%, if you can keep it around 85 to 90% by constantly reviewing, this will make your life so much easier down the road when step one rolls around. Tip number eight, identify the toughest concepts that'll have the greatest impact on your understanding of information and become someone who can teach it. What do I mean by this? One of the best ways to demonstrate mastery of a subject is by being able to teach it. So when you come across a subject that could theoretically be turned into countless numbers of USMLE questions, make sure that you've got the ability to teach that subject to others. Why? Well, because if you could take something and teach it in detail to your peers and answer questions, it means that you've mastered it and will be able to tackle pretty much any question they throw at you on the exam pertaining to that topic. Tip number nine is to create a book of concepts. Now, this piggybacks a little bit on the last tip. And what this means is that anytime you come across a concept that you know is foundational to your understanding of more information, add it to a blank book in the form of a single page of detailed notes. As an example, let's take the renal tubular system. We all know that image of the PCT, the loop of Henley, the DCT, the collecting ducts. Think about how many possible questions could come from that one image. You could get physio, anatomy, pathology, pathophys, farm anything really. This is an example of a highly leverageable concept that you can master to answer more and more questions. So anytime something like this comes up throughout your entire basic sciences or when you're in your dedicated step one prep period, if you haven't done it yet, take a little time to create a single page that helps you put it all together. This gives you a tool that you can constantly come back to and keep reinforcing because everything is in one place. Tip 10 is to build up the basic sciences review time with the goal of peaking at the start of the fifth semester. Your goal should be to have most content relatively fresh as you go into your fifth semester so that you can get super serious about your step one prep at that point. This will allow you to position yourself for success if your school makes you take a exit exam, a comp exam, and puts you in a position to be easily ready to take step one after a month or so of dedicated prep at the end of fifth semester. This means that going into the fifth semester, you are going to be at a point where you're strong in everything from first through fourth semester That will not only make sure that you're in a great position to succeed on upcoming exams, but that you can focus on your fifth semester classes too so that those don't suffer. Tip 11. Start doing practice questions to get ready for your basic sciences exams, but don't use UWorld or AMBOSS just yet. You should start building your test-taking skills as early as possible, but you don't want to use the top Step 1 QBanks until you've gotten into your dedicated Step 1 study mode. There's tons of additional resources out there for doing questions like Kaplan, USMLE-RX, and many others. Keep the gold standard QBanks for later, but don't miss out on the chance to start building your USMLE-style question test-taking skills as early as possible. Tip 12 use drill sessions as early as you can. We use drills as part of our daily program here at the US Emily Guys for one simple reason, they work. Whether you find yourself a drill partner or just quiz yourself each day, verbalizing seemingly simple facts and details that you're learning is one of the best ways to build long-term retention of that information. Tip 13, take excellent care of your health. Without optimal health, you'll struggle to become the best doctor you can be. There's this mentality in medicine, which I think is starting to dissipate luckily, that you should be proud of lacking sleep and sacrificing your health for the sake of your career. It's complete BS. If you're not in peak physical and mental condition, you simply won't be able to do your best to help others. So make sure you're eating well, you're exercising, and you're getting enough sleep. If your health is right, everything else falls into place. But if your health suffers, everything else does too. Remember on the airplane, they tell you, put your oxygen mask on first. That's so that you can actually survive and help others. So don't take your health for granted. It really is the only thing that matters at the end of the day. Without your health, you're just gonna fight to get it back. Tip number 14, focus on the step right in front of you, not that big mountain that you're trying to climb. If you start stressing about how much you have to do to get ready for the step one or the CK or residency, it can cause stress and anxiety that will cripple your ability to make meaningful progress. Instead, have a plan and focus on the next thing that you need to do to move yourself a little bit closer to your goal. If you treat every single step that you take as though it's all that matters, you'll eventually get to your goal. Tip 15, visualize the goal. I know, I just told you to focus on the next step, but visualizing what it'll feel like to achieve the ultimate goal, such as getting into residency, is a powerful motivator that can help you focus on doing that next step to the best of your ability. Don't obsess over the fact that you're not there yet, but obsess on how great it'll be once you're there. So you wanna focus on how great it'll be once you achieve your goal, but not on the fact that you're not there yet. Tip 16 use the first aid as a guide, but not as your main resource. First aid is a great way to stay organized and to know what's most likely to be tested based on the previous year's student feedback, but you don't want to simply memorize it. This is not what it was designed for, and that's not going to be the way to pass step one. It is a great tool to keep you organized and to point out where you should focus your attention. But remember, the first aid is not a comprehensive step one manual. It's a review book. You need to be able to look at something in the first aid, point at something, and then elaborate on it. Keep that in mind so you don't fall into to the common trap of thinking if i could just memorize the first aid i'll pass my exam tip number 17. Use two question banks during your dedicated Step 1 prep. We use Amboss with our students in our program as the first bank because it has a ton of really great built-in resources that you can take and immediately use to learn more about the specific question you're doing so you don't have to jump around from resource to resource trying to fill in the gaps. If you screw up a question, you can immediately click on a bunch of links in that question to get more information and then fix the mistakes on the spot. UWorld doesn't have this robust of a feature, but UWorld is a great second question bank once you've eliminated most of your weaknesses. Tip number 18, use question banks to do three things. Now, this is a mentality. Number one is to build your test taking skills and efficiency. Number two is to find weaknesses and holes in your knowledge. And number three is to reinforce stuff you already know. So if you go into questions with these three objectives in mind, you'll be able to just get so much more out of them. Tip number 19 is to use additional resources sparingly. There's no magical list of resources that will guarantee your success. Everyone's different, and you should only use additional supplementary resources if they're gonna help you, not because you heard someone say it was necessary. If you use Amboss during your prep, you'll have almost everything you need to review additional information right at your fingertips. Now, if you have massive holes in your knowledge, the Board Review Series books are fantastic, Pathoma can be beneficial if path is a weakness, but be cautious not to fall into the trap of having too many resources, especially when they can't contribute anything meaningful to your progress. Use resources that will help your specific weaknesses. Tip 20. Follow the review, apply, fix, and reassess strategy as the core of your step one prep. Students always tell us why their situation is unique, and then they say, where do I start? You're going to start with this tip. This means we're going to pick a topic that we want to focus on. Let's call it endocrinology. Then the first step is to do a quick review of that material, assuming it's something you're relatively familiar with. Then you should do questions on the topic to apply what you know or what you think you know. Then you want to identify the mistakes that you made and fix any weaknesses or holes in your knowledge so that you can get better. Once you've finished going over every topic in this manner, you'll dive into NBMEs and we'll talk about NBMEs shortly. Tip number 21, avoid doing the same questions twice. Don't like the sound of that one, do you? Listen, doing the same questions more than once is a bad use of your time. If you've already seen a question, you're more likely to remember it. So if you're redoing a question to make sure you've mastered the information, you could simply be remembering the answer. Instead, when you find a weakness, that you then need to fix, you make sure you work on fixing them, and then you want to take what you've just fixed and apply that to new questions that you haven't seen before, i.e. unused questions or questions from a second QBank. You can't truly assess whether you've mastered something until you apply that knowledge, that conceptual understanding, to a scenario that you've never seen before. Tip 22, take the US Emily prep advice that you read on Reddit or other forums with a grain of salt. A good majority of students giving their two cents on Reddit are simply regurgitating what they've heard or read in the past, not necessarily what actually helped them pass the exam, if they've in fact even taken it. USMLE preparation is very nuanced. Otherwise, everyone would just read the first aid and do Uworld and pass. Every student that we work with has a slightly different preparation strategy because nobody's alike. This exam is one of the toughest standardized exams in the world, so putting your faith in a keyboard warrior who doesn't know your specific strengths, weaknesses, or learning style can put you in a position where you're either going to waste a lot of time doing things that aren't right for you or worse, advice that will cause you to fail. Now, I'm not saying all Reddit posters or forum posts are bad. I'm just saying be cautious if you read something that oversimplifies just how challenging this test is and how detailed and nuanced the preparation can be. Tip number 23, keep things simple. While the exam itself is difficult, preparing for it should be kept as simple as possible. Focus on the core elements that will help you pass, which are building your test-taking skills, finding and fixing weaknesses, and assessing yourself as you go to ensure that you're making the necessary progress. You want to try to avoid having three different video courses, 15 different books, and 5,000 different Anki decks that you're probably never going to even use. If you're using resources and not improving, it's most likely not the resource, but how you're using it and how you're studying, that's a problem. So you want to fix that. Tip number 24, become a highly detailed planner. You should take at least one full day to plan out every single step of your journey from right now until exam day. Identify the right resources for your needs. Plan out the content that you'll cover every day and what specific actions you'll take every day and every hour and put it all into a schedule so you don't have to think about the next step. The more detailed you can be with your plan, the easier it'll be to achieve your goal. Tip number 25, Avoid getting comfortable with resources. Now, we have a student right now who's struggling with micro. He absolutely loves Sketchy. In fact, it's all he's using to study micro, but he's making zero improvements in micro. When we do quizzes, he scores under 30%. So why use Sketchy? He's comfortable with it. He likes the pictures, but it's not getting him results. You shouldn't use resources because you like them or that you're comfortable with them if they're not getting you results. If you're using something and you're not improving, either change the resource or change the way you're using it. But don't stay stuck because you're comfortable. Tip number 26. Active studying crushes passive studying. The worst thing you can do for your USMLE prep, especially if you're not already crushing NBME exams, is passively sitting back, letting others do the heavy lifting for you. If you're reading a book, don't just sit there and read, walk around with it and repeat what you're reading out loud. Doing questions is active. If you're watching videos, don't just listen, but take notes as you go. Having a study partner who is doing verbal drills with you is a great active strategy. You will get a lot better, a lot faster. You turn everything that you're doing into an active strategy, instead of a passive one. Tip 27, identify your most productive hours. One of the ways that you can make faster progress is by figuring out the window of time during the day that you're most productive. For me, it's really early in the morning. If I get up at 4 a.m., I can get a full day's worth of work done by nine because I'm so productive. So you wanna become hyper aware of when you're at your peak mental capacity and then schedule the toughest tasks around that time. You're gonna to start to see that you're making way more progress in a much shorter period of time. It's a win-win. Tip 28, learn how to remove distractions. Massive progress can only come from doing deep work. If you're surrounded by distractions, whether it's your phone or your family, you need to be able to remove yourself from those situations. Without distraction-free studying, you simply cannot reach your full potential. Tip 29, use the Pomodoro technique. The Pomodoro technique is simple. Set a timer for 30 to 50 minutes, turn off your notifications, and commit to working in smaller chunks of time until that buzzer goes off. As you build stamina, you can extend the duration of those sessions. But aiming for complete focus for a predetermined period of time is a great way to trick yourself into getting into the zone fast. Tip 30. Read up on the 80-20 rule and implement it into your studies. I did a video on this in the past and I will link to this in the description below. But essentially what the 80-20 rule says is that 80% of your results come from just 20% of your efforts. This means that if you can identify what specific activities you do throughout your step one prep that gets you the majority of your results, you can focus more on those activities than anything else. Everyone's different. But for our students, I found that doing questions and doing drill sessions tends to get the most bang for your buck. Identifying the actions that get you two or three times more progress for the same amount of time spent doing something else will get you to your goal much faster. Tip number 31 is to use NBMEs when you want to assess your whole knowledge base. NBMEs are scarce, so you should only use them when you want to identify how you're doing as a whole, not to identify whether you've made some sort of incremental improvement in one specific topic. If you want to see how you improved your knowledge in one specific topic, open your second question bank and do three blocks of unused questions in mixed mode to see how you did. NBMEs should only be used after you reviewed everything at least once and you finish your first question bank. Only then will you actually get the most out of that feedback. Tip 32 is to use NBME feedback as gospel. You just finished taking your first NBME and it points out five weaknesses. Your main task moving forward should be to focus a good majority of your time on fixing those weaknesses. If you don't take the feedback and actually do something with it, you're probably going to find yourself in the same position when you take your next one. Tip 33 is to take your second NBME only after you've aggressively worked on the weaknesses from the first NBME. If we take the example from our last tip, if you've got five weaknesses based on that NBME, you want to spend time going deeper into those topics. If you skim the first aid and expect that you'll fix a weakness that's still present after all the work you've done, you're missing the point of the NBME. Take time to truly work on fixing your weaknesses. And only once you've done the work should you reassess with a second NBME. Remember, NBMEs are limited, so don't use them unless you're in a position to actually get the most out of them. Tip 34, you should be ready by NBME number three. If you took your first NBME, spent time fixing the weaknesses it outlined, then took your second NBME, and you had just a couple of minor issues to fix, and you put in the right amount of dedication into those weaknesses, by your third NBME, you should be getting that highly coveted 99% chance of passing step one if taken within one week. If you haven't, re-examine how much time you're putting into your weaknesses. Tip number 35, what to do if you run out of NVMEs. If you run out of NVMEs because you came across this video too late, your next option are the question bank assessments. If you've used those and you're still not where you need to be, your last option is to use three to five blocks of mixed, unused questions from your question bank and then gauging your results and exam readiness based on that. This is not the ideal situation. So if you're not here yet, make sure you don't waste those NVMEs. Tip number 36, spend two to three days fixing a glaring weakness. If you've got weaknesses that aren't improving, it's probably because you're just reviewing instead of going into it with the mindset of learning. Spending two to three days of deep diving into one subject at a time is the fastest way to bust through a plateau and turn weaknesses into strengths. Remember, a weakness doesn't just mean it needs a quick review. It typically means it needs a lot of focused attention. Tip 37, start with focus questions and with mixed questions. Students wanna know how to use question banks. So I will just give you my favorite and most effective strategy. Start first by doing subject or topic focused questions. Then as you strengthen your knowledge and your test taking skills, move into doing mixed questions. A simple way to implement this is to use that first question bank to focus on one thing at a time. And then that second question bank to mix up your questions. Tip number 38, focus on building your stamina over time. Students often overlook the importance of building stamina for the exam. You want to slowly build up the number of blocks you can do each and every day so that you do not find yourself completely exhausted on exam day before noon. Tip number 39. Think about exam day ahead of time. You want to plan your drive, your meals, your breaks, and all of the minor details ahead of time so that you do not waste mental energy on it on exam day or so that you don't get stressed out because you didn't think about it and now you have something else to worry about. Tip number 40 strongly consider doing the in-center free 120. If test anxiety is something that you struggle with, taking that in-center free 120 exam is a great way to put yourself in the most realistic exam-like scenario as you possibly can. And this is good for two reasons. Number one is that it'll assess you in the most stressful scenario possible. That's gonna tell you if you're likely to pass. And number two, it'll let you know what type of environment you're walking into on exam day so that you don't get stressed out thinking about the exam center before exam day. Tip number 41 is to work out exam day logistics before exam day. So if you're taking your exam in a strange city, or even if it's in your hometown, drive to the test center a day or two before the exam, go into the building, make sure you know how to find it. This will ease some of your nerves, and it'll make sure that you don't face any unplanned surprises on exam day, such as construction on the way or a difficult to find location. Tip number 42, if you are not making progress, you're not spending enough time on your weaknesses. We see this all the time here at the USMLE guys. Students who can't seem to fix their weaknesses despite saying they're working on them. If your weaknesses are not improving, you're probably not spending enough time on them and or you're not going deep enough. There's no sense in rushing through this process because if you rush, you won't get the results. So slow down, be methodical, and then you'll start to see progress. Tip 43, learn how to manage your stress. We all encounter stress, some of us more than others. And if you want any hope of making it in this field, you need to learn how to deal with stress. Like most other things, what works for one person might not work for another. So try exploring different stress-relieving strategies like breath work, meditation, yoga, exercise, whatever. Just don't overlook the importance of taking care of your stress and anxiety levels because if you don't manage them, they're eventually going to start to manage you. Tip number 44, micro and farm are last-minute lifesavers. If you're not sure what to study in those last couple days leading up to your exam because you've got no weaknesses left, spend time on micro and farm. These two alone are full of facts that, if you can reinforce, could give you an extra 5 to 10 point boost on exam day. Tip 45. Don't memorize opposite conditions, just memorize one. Think about something like hyper and hypothyroidism. They're pretty much opposites. So why spend time memorizing the big picture points for one and then the other? doesn't make sense. Just memorize one and remember that the other is the opposite. And you'll find plenty of patterns like this in medicine. So just take note whenever you find them so that you can lower your memorization load. Tip number 46. Understand lab values, but don't worry about memorizing them. So on the exam, you'll be given all of the necessary lab values, but they won't tell you what it means if something's low or something's high. That's on you. But don't stress too much about memorizing the exact numbers relating to normal. Those will be provided. Tip number 47, the three P's will get you far, but not all the way. Students ask me all the time that if they know the three P's, which are farm, physio, and path, if they can just skip out on other topics. The answer is no, that's absolutely ridiculous. First of all, you'd have to score almost perfectly on every one of the three P's to even make that a remote possibility, which is not gonna happen. But why would you do anything that could potentially put you in a position to fail? If you're thinking about which topics you can skip and still pass the exam, you might wanna reconsider medicine as a career because I know, and I'm sure you would agree, I don't want my doctor to have this sort of mentality when they're studying. Tip 48, don't take the exam before you are ready. We get students all the time who take their exams despite never having passed an MBME not being able to do more than two to three blocks of questions without getting tired or being pushed to do it by family or their school. So listen, if your assessments are not showing you that you're in a great position to pass, chances are you're not going to pass. If you're not ready, do the work that will get you there, but please don't take the exam before you're in a great position to pass. This will just create more headaches for you in the future because then you have to overcompensate in all other areas just to make up for one exam failure. It's just not worth the extra hassle. Tip 49, look at USMLE prep in terms of patient care. One of the best strategies I've been able to use to help students who are struggling with their step one prep, doing questions, or just struggling to stay motivated is realizing that the harder they work on their studies, the better care they'll be able to provide to their patients down the road. So basic sciences, contrary to what many students think, play a really important role in being a great physician. So don't just study for the sake of the exam. Study for your future patients who will be putting their health and oftentimes their lives in your hands. Tip number 50 strive for incremental improvements. My final tip is one that comes from one of the most common ways we see students sabotaging their own success, which is to expect too much too fast. Listen, Medicine is a never ending endeavor, and you're not going to master it all in one day, let alone one week or even one month. But if you refer back to tip 24, I mentioned the importance of being a highly detailed planner. As long as you have a daily plan to chip away at your goals, you'll get a little bit better every single day. Over time, making achievable incremental improvements will turn you into an absolute superstar, but you need to be okay with it taking time to get there because you really don't have any other choice. So just put in the work each day. Understand that you will only make incremental improvements each day, but also recognize that with consistent effort, you'll be able to achieve monumental things. Thanks for listening. I hope you found that to be helpful. If you want more, be sure to check out our other episodes right here on the USMLE Guys podcast. And if you're ready to dive in and simplify your USMLE prep process, don't forget to head over to usmleguys.com. I'll see you all on the next episode. We'll I'm right